Hello, friends, and welcome to the Home Wrecker Podcast, where we attempt to wreck and shatter conventional wisdom and ways of thinking by bringing alternative viewpoints to different subjects in an attempt to not only change the thoughts and feelings most people accept as reality, but to obliterate them completely. I'm your host, former professional wrestler, the Golden Greek, Alex Arion. And I'm joined, as always, by my wife, the beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, certified hypnotherapist, the lovely Monique. Howdy. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm rocking and rolling and fantastic, as always. Right on. Yeah. Tremendous. What's new with you? What's new with me? Yeah. Well, I, I got my drums. <gasps> uh, yes, you did. <laughs> I like how you're like, <gasps> acting all surprised. Like no, you it's didn't excitement. Know. <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I got my drums. Got I got drums. got my drums again. Yes. I did it. I I bit the bullet and and got myself a drum set. And oh, it feels so good. You I didn't get, get one. Sit. Just you didn't just get one drum set. Oh, I got one drum set. What do you mean? I didn't get just one drum. set. You got two drum sets. <laughs> well, I had to. I put together my my dream drum set that I. Okay, we 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 talked about this on a previous episode, but. Uh, the day I, my music died. Yes. Okay. So uh, I had a drum set. It, listen to that episode to find out what happened to it. And so what I did this time was I said, if I'm going to get drums, I'm going to get the drums set, the drum set that I always wanted to have. I'm going to put together the perfect drum set for me. And so I, yeah, I did it by, uh, I kind of Frankenstein together two drum sets and a whole bunch of cymbals and a whole bunch of goodies. It's not done yet. It's not complete yet, but it's close. But it's pretty awesome so far. It's close. And oh my goodness, today is the first day that I actually sat behind the kit and played for an extended period of time. And I didn't sound great because it's been a long time, but it was so much fun. I felt so great afterwards. Yay. If it makes you feel better, I bet that if you sat down and played and then I sat down and played, you'd be like, Wow, I might not sound as great as I want to, but I'm a hell of a lot better than you. Okay. That that that's what you would think. Because I don't know how to play drums. I can do the like bump ch ch bump ch ch like that. Like with the snare it's all and you the need. bass drum. That's all you need. That, that's all I know. <laughs> that's all you need. Yeah, so that's it. That's, I got that's one what's beat new with me. And that's it. That's what's new with me. Yeah. Got that and uh yeah, it was it was quite it, it was funny. I, I was looking at a bunch of different stuff before I, you know, finally pulled the trigger and, and got it. And just seeing all the different stuff, I was saying to you, it's amazing how how much 
stuff has advanced in the last 30 years since I played drums. All this stuff that's available, all these different things they have. And you're like, well, I would hope so. It's been 30 30 years. years. I would hope that stuff's advanced a bit. So, yeah, it's very cool getting back into uh, into actually playing music. It's it's fun. So who knows where that's going to take me or what what what's that what that's going to lead to? No, no plans, no visions, no nothing like that. Just having Just fun. fun. Just having fun again and doing something that I, I have not done in 30 years. And it's important that we all have fun. Absolutely. And have our creative outlets. Absolutely. I mean, for us, this is obviously a, a, a form of expression, a creative outlet as well, mm-hmm. creating these podcasts and doing these every week. And uh, yeah, uh, before this, it was pro wrestling for 20 years. And, uh, yeah, so always, always been creative and, and trying to figure out ways to get that creativity out. So now it's, it's, uh, back to the drums. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm excited to play a little, to try. Yeah. It's fun getting, getting the kiddos behind there and stuff. And they they just, love it. Yeah. They have a blast. Yeah. So anyhow, how about you? What's new with you? Well, I shared with you as we were setting up, so I'm just going to share with our hearers and watchers. I was setting up our stuff for our little setup, and as I'm standing trying to put things down, I just had deja vu. And often when I have deja vu, it's from dreams that I am remembering. And what was interesting is when I had the dream of this happening, because I've said before, when I'm having the dream, it doesn't make any sense because I'm doing something somewhere that... I'm not at that point. So when I have deja vu about work, it's a few years later, it's a different job I have. So at that time when I had the dream, obviously the place I'm at wouldn't make sense to me. But once I'm in that moment, like, oh, okay, this makes sense. So at the time when I had the dream, we weren't doing the podcast. And so I'm standing here and I'm like, oh, okay, this makes sense because it's like we're doing a podcast, but I remembered more of the dream. And what was interesting is that the topic is similar to what we're going to talk about today, but it was a, a different topic. And then there was somebody else here with us. Like a guest or yeah, something? Yeah, like it was somebody else here. So I was like, okay, so this isn't exactly, but it was like that moment triggered that memory for me. Did you recognize who the person was in your dream? I just got a quick glimpse and I didn't have time to like see their face. Very interesting. Yes. Yeah. But then you told me about something that happened after I told you that you told me about something that happened to you yesterday. (laughs) This is so weird. Yeah. I I shared it with you because I didn't know if it's something that's worth sharing on the, on the, on the podcast. And I didn't tell you as it was happening to me because it, it was, I'll just tell the thing. All right. So, with with our son, with our 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 middle son, our seven year old, we're uh, I'm teaching him ancient history. So right now we're learning about a- ancient Greece and and the different stories and things uh, that that took place back then. Again, stories, and, and and he's aware that these are just stories. But anyway, we're on uh, Troy and the Trojan Horse. So one of the things I found a little thing online where you can make a Trojan horse, you know, like to display stuff just out of paper and cardboard or whatever, just a little crafts kind of thing. So we, uh, he colors in the, the, the Trojan horse, designs it however he wants and everything. And then I told him, I said, okay, I'll cut it out for you because he's not really good with scissors. 
and you have to paste it onto cardboard and make it really sturdy. It was and kind so of a lot of work. It was actually a lot more work than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. <laughs> but he, he was obviously appreciative of it and stuff. And, and, and it's something that he can now play with as well. I mean, it's, it's made out of cardboard or whatever, but he, he has a little something he could play with and, you know, kind of act out the, the story that he learned about. So anyway, we're sitting down on the couch and the, the, the kids are watching Looney Tunes cartoons. And, and I don't know if they're the newer ones or the older ones, but anybody that's watched Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, The Roadrunner, Daffy Duck, is it, it's Daffy, right? Yeah, Daffy. Yeah, Daffy's the Looney Tunes, Donald's Porky the Pig. Disney. Porky Pig, all that. Yeah. Right, exactly. I'm sitting here and I'm cutting and I'm not watching the TV, but obviously I'm hearing it. And as I'm cutting, I'm realizing that the music is coinciding with like the lines and the circles and what I'm cutting on the paper. Like Not my, like the regular like theme music, but the music in the actual episode that they're playing in the background. Right. Yeah. You know, the say for example, I don't know what was happening because I wasn't watching, but say for example, the Roadrunners chasing Wiley Coyote, Wiley, or Wiley Coyotes chasing the road. However, that works. I forget. And and they have the music playing during the episode. That music, whatever was going on on the screen, was coinciding with how I was cutting. Now I don't know if it was me cutting along to the music, unconsciously aware of it, or me just cutting and realizing that the music is coinciding with what I'm cutting. Like, for example, there, if I, if I stopped cut, like I realized that as I'm cutting, it's kind of going along with the music. I'm like, okay, this is weird. So I, I, I was now aware of it once I realized it and I decided, okay, I'm going to stop. So I stopped. And as I stopped, the music stopped. So whatever was happening on the screen was enough for the, the music to pause and stop. I'm like, what? This is strange. So then I'd start cutting again. I wait a few seconds and I'm not looking at the screen. I don't know what's going on. I'm just looking at the paper and what I'm doing. And so I, I continue to cut again and the music starts up and it's again, same thing. I'm like, what the hell? This is freaking weird. And so I, I, I move on to a, a different thing. I move on to pasting my, my cutout shapes onto the cardboard and then I'm cutting the cardboard around, you know, making it sturdy and everything. And so as I'm, it's same thing. I'm cutting again and it's going along with the music. Now a different cartoon, a completely different cartoon has begun and, and the same thing's happening. I'm like, what is going on? And I don't say anything to you who's sitting right next to me because I'm thinking to myself, am I going through something? Am I having like some weird experience right now? And I'm not, I'm, I'm not on any drugs. I'm not do. I'm totally just sitting here doing this project. But these are the thoughts going through my head. I'm like, what, what is happening? This is very strange. And so I'm coming close to, the end of the last cut that I'm going to make for this project. And when I snip and cut the last cut, it's, it's a big piece of cardboard that's going to fall when I cut, you know, what I need out as I cut, you hear a, like a, and then a boom, like an explosion, like whatever was happening on the screen, whatever they were doing, I don't know, blowing up a bomb or something was happening. They hit the sound effect of the, and then the big explosion as I cut, the ew happened, and as the cardboard hit the ground, the explosion happened on the TV. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, blew my mind. What? That's what is crazy. going on? So anyway, I, I shared it with you before we started because I'm like, do you think that's even worth mentioning? Like, I think that's awesome. And, and I and I told you like I don't I didn't tell like I just said a second ago I didn't tell you then because I was going through something I didn't want to mess it up by just stopping and talking to you. But then I just forgot to mention it to you until tonight. So. Yeah. Anyway. I thought that was a cool story. That was so like random, but like just random and weird and wacky. And yeah, but cool. I don't know what it means, if anything, 
but it was it was definitely a, a, a strange several minutes. Maybe there's like a spirit in our TV and it's trying to connect with you. Okay. Maybe the universe <laughs> is trying to tell you something. Yeah, what? I don't know what that is, but maybe. I don't know. I can't think of anything right now. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. So moving on. Yes. Uh, why don't we get some plugs out of the way and then we'll, then we'll yes. jump into what we're going to be talking about today, which I think should be pretty interesting. If you want to reach out to us, you can find us on social media. We have a Twitter account. At Pod, And that's it for social media. We yep. also have a website. HomeWreckerPodcast.com. Go there. Check it out. You can find all the episodes there. You can also get some t-shirts, some hoodies, sweatshirts, all that kind of stuff we have on there as well. I'm wearing the Homewrecker Podcast hoodie right now. Uh, you can get mugs, all that kind of stuff. So help out the show and support us by picking up some merch if you yeah. so desire. And uh, you can also subscribe on YouTube, Brighty on as well if you're watching. Uh, and if you're hearing, just hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening. We're on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We're there. We're like even on like Pandora. Everything. All that stuff. Yeah, yeah all that stuff. So just please, if you don't mind, hit the subscribe button. Leave us a five-star review. We'd really, really yeah. appreciate it. And as far as you go, my lady, where can people find you on social media? You can find me in a few different places. Let's so hear it. On Twitter, you can find me at underscore Monique Giselle underscore. And for my Understandings Hypnosis Twitter, it's at Monique P-C-H-T. You can go to my Understandings Hypnosis website if you're interested in booking a free consult to see if hypnotherapy is right for you. Go to understandingshypnosis.com or if you're interested in a tarot reading organite beeswax candles incense or anything fun like that go to tarotbymonique.com and how can people find you my dear i'm on twitter at the alexarion and you can check out alexarionfitness.com all right with that shall we get into this week's topic and yes. what we're going to be talking about yes as you slyly hand me my notes under under the cover of the table here and I'm hitting my microphone cord, which the, I said I best, wouldn't do. The best part is Damn he it. says to me, make sure your microphone cord isn't hanging so you don't hit it. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> you keep hitting it. But I said to him, I'm going to hold on to our notes because... Alex has the habit of, he's he's like me, I'm French, he's Greek, but we both talk with our hands, but he'll take the papers in his hands and just kind of like move them around and you hear it. So I was like, so like what just, you just did right now. Yeah, because I'm making the example of it. So I was like, I will hold on to them so you don't do that. It's mighty kind of you. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so let's get into this week's show, shall we? Did we say what we're talking about? No, yet? not yet. <laughs> We're going to talk about it right now. Yeah. We are talking this week about the gin. Yes. The gin, or what we hear in the West, in America, if you will, what we commonly refer to as genies. The genie and the, and the dumbed-down Western version of what they are, granting wishes, all that kind of thing. That's kind of like an Americanized version of, mm -hmm. what, of what a gin is. So we're going to be talking about that today. Not not the Americanized stuff, but the actual gin. gin. Wh what they are, are reported to be, 
what where they came from, uh, the different types, and we're going to have some cool stories to share as well. Yes. I so, just want to apologize if I mispronounce anything. There's, yeah, there's a... <laughs> There's some There's names in here. A lot of the, a lot of the the jinn uh, folklore and legend comes from uh, the Middle East. So a lot of the the places we might refer to, some of the names we might have to uh, to read or say, it's not we're not familiar with them. Uh, so if we're mispronouncing, yeah, like Monique says, we apologize Sorry. in advance. We're trying. We're we're doing our best. No, yeah. mean no disrespect if we're if we're uh, mispronouncing anything. Yeah, and like last time, if it's there multiple times and I don't know, I'll just try it a few different ways. And, and yeah, see you'll what hear works. Monique say the same word five different ways and hope <laughs> that one of them's correct. As I sit here Fingers scratching crossed. my head, wondering what what's she doing. Yeah, I, um, I'm trying to feel it out. What feels right? <laughs> and and uh, we're gonna put we're gonna link up a bunch of articles and, and things in the show notes. Uh, there was also a great book. Uh, we'll put the the link for that in the show notes as well. Uh, that we we got a lot of this information mm-hmm. from because it, it's not like this kind of stuff is just something that's widely available. You really got to dig and do some research. And a lot of these articles that we pulled from, a lot of these people that wrote these articles, they did a lot of research. They got footnotes and all that kind of stuff in there. So uh, definitely check out uh, the links in the show notes if, if you're interested in reading a little more about what we're going to talk about today. Let's get into it, shall we? Yes. All right. So the word jinn, there's no, uh, for example, there's no standard English spelling for Arabic words. The word jinn, spelled J-I-N-N, from which we get genie, is rendered in many ways. Jinn, jen, jinn, spelled D-J-I-N-N, J-I-N, jinn, spelled G-I-N-N, among others. There, there's so many different ways. Uh, so sometimes jinn, spelled J-I-N-N, is singular, referring to one creature. Sometimes, more correctly according to the Arabic, it is plural. There's a grammatically correct masculine singular form, which is jinni or jinni, spelled J-I-N-N-I or J-I-N-N-E-E, and its variants, and it has a feminine equivalent, jinaya. And its variants. Janaya is spelled J-I-N-N-I-Y-A. In addition to Jin, J-I-N-N itself, there are a number of other plural forms such as, these I'm going to spell because I don't know how to pronounce them, J-N-U-N, J-N-O-U-N, D-J-N-U-N, or D-J-N-O-U-N, which is favored in Arab North Africa. J-A-N-N or J-A-N is a general or collective term used often to refer to ordinary jinn or all jinn and the anglicized form jinns, J-I-N-N-S, and there's even more than that. So let's get into what is a jinn. Well, before we get into that, I just want to comment. Or not. No, I just want to comment that <laughs> I've heard so many different things. The The most common are jinn, D-J-I-N-N, Jin J I N N and then Jin J I N. I feel like those are the most common that I've come across. But when you really start looking into it, there's so many different ways. And I, I wonder if that's a if that's say and spell it. Yeah, and I wonder if that just comes from maybe where the particular story you're hearing or reading about different originated from. Different maybe different regions mm-hmm. spell it differently. Who knows? Who knows? So. I just wanted to get that in there, uh, and that actually came from the book Legends of the Fire Spirits by Robert Liebling, 
which is a fantastic book. There's a lot of information in there, and it's got something like 60 pages of references at the back because everything he has is footnoted in there. It's it's a really great book. So uh, we'll put the like the Amazon link to it and everything in the show notes. If it's something that interests you and you want to and read about it even more, this this is a fascinating, fascinating topic. So and that's a great read. Yes. So uh, what is a jinn, my lady? Could you tell us? Depending on belief systems, a jinn is a creature of extraordinary abilities who is created by Allah. There are those, however, who believe jinn are simply magical creatures and do not associate them with a creation story. Inside Islamic tradition, the jinn are referenced in two different ways. The first is that they are known to be the opposite of al-ends, which is something that maintains shape. This means that it is impossible for a human to detect them with their sensory organs. However, this classification does not just apply to jinn. It also applies to angels and demons. According to the rule, all demons and angels are jinn, but not all jinn are demons and angels. The second way in which jinn are perceived is as an invisible entity that was created from smokeless fire. And this is where a lot of these stories come from in their history. These creatures are known to have similar motivations and needs of that to humans. They also eat and drink and have the ability to give birth. They are also subject to a life cycle, although they are able to live much longer than humans. Although they were mostly similar to humans, they were known to be much faster and stronger. Additionally, the jinn were able to be believers or non-believers and were subject to being judged to go to heaven or hell. And when they, may, when they say believers or non-believers, this is usually in the Quran. According to ancient lore, the jinn existed long before we did, tens of thousands of years before us, in fact. The story of the jinn is detailed in the pages of the Quran, which is a sacred book of Islamic teachings and which those of Muslim faith believe is the word of God or in their religion, Allah, as he is known. Although there are significant differences between the Bible and the Quran, there are a lot of deep similarities too. The Bible teaches that God created the human race in the form of Adam and Eve, the latter having allegedly been crafted from one of Adam's ribs. In the word of Islam, Allah brought Adam into being too, but he did much more than that. As well as bringing the human race and angels to life, Allah also created supernatural entities that, in terms of power and stature, were right up there with angels. They were, if you have not already guessed, the mighty jinn of old. Things went wrong for the jinn, and drastically so, when Allah insisted that they display deep, deep reverence for Adam. The angels were ordered to do likewise. And while the angels dutifully did what they were told, the jinn most assuredly did not. They chose to vehemently go against the word of Allah. For the jinn, this proved to be utterly disastrous. They were unceremoniously slung out of the realm of heaven. Their only chance of retaining some degree of their original powerful status is when judgment day finally comes along. That, we are told, is when all of the jinn will be placed before Allah and given the opportunity to make things right, whenever that may be. Until then, under the law of Allah, the jinn are free to do as they please, which includes feeding on us and, if they choose, even to forever obliterate us from existence. 
While the jinn can, to a degree, encourage people to perform sinful acts, they cannot literally force us to commit crimes of murder and violence. We are still very much the deciding factor. So, so jinn are... Uh, <laughs> jinn can be the cause of so much of what's happening right now? Apparently. Is, is what this is saying? Now, I have heard, actually, I've heard other people, when they talk about jinn, there is a lot of theory that they were a form of angel, not exactly the type of angels we know, but a form of angel that were cast down from heaven, which caused some people to think they're demons, but they are, in theory, separate from demons. So they can't make us do certain bad things, but they can influence us. So we have the final say. Yes. Always. You always, always. have a choice. You yes. always have a choice. All right. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, did you know that there's a lot of different types of gin? It's not just like there, there's like one. You you uh, you think of the genie in, in like Aladdin, for example. Yeah. They, they don't all look like that. They probably none of them look like that. That's I've, just like a cartoonized version, right? Yeah. I've heard there are a lot of different there's types, but a, I didn't realize until we did this how many there are. Yeah. So we're going to go through the different types that there are, and there's a ton of them, a ton of them. But everything that we say, there's there's going to be even more. There, there, there are more than what we're going to say, I should say. So uh, though there are technically several different types of beings that exist within the jinn definition, it is also important to note that the jinn have several subspecies of their own. It is unknown if the distinctions are created to differentiate between good and evil jinn or actual races inside the jinn group. It is thought that the truth is likely a combination of both answers. Surah tells us that there are three different types of jinn that exist. There are also references to other types of jinn in ancient texts. While there are both good and bad jinn, for the most part, the jinn are said to be generally mischievous, engaging in all sorts of troublesome or even downright evil behavior. One favorite trick is said to be to take the form of whatever is most likely to distract someone in order to lead them astray. Makes me think of like the puckwudgies yeah. when we when we talked about like New Hampshire yeah. cryptozoological yes. creatures. The puckwudgies, something that you know lead you know it takes a form and it leads somebody to generally a cliff and they fall to their death. They're also known to lie, deceive, or manipulate humans and to even possess them on occasion. Indeed, many cases of what those in the West would call demonic possession are more often than not blamed on the jinn in the Muslim world. Jinn can also hold the power of suggestion over human beings, causing them to do bad deeds or even driving them mad or to suicide, with it sometimes claimed that suicide bombers had jinn whispering into their ears. In fact, it is said that every person has a jinni that follows them around at all times, with the main purpose of trying to lead us astray or corrupt us, and becoming free to roam the earth when the person they are bound to dies. Even the lucky few who are granted wishes by these entities are warned to be very careful with the wording of their wishes, as the jinn take great satisfaction and pleasure in interpreting these wishes extremely literally or warping them in such a way that the end result is not what the person wanted at all. And that's something that... You hear a lot in stories where you have to be re- careful what you wish for. Because, you just might get it. Yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. in these stories, the jinn or the genies, when you give a wish, 
they twist it in such a way it turns into something bad. So if you say something like, I I want all the money in the world, it's like your home just fills and you get like crushed to death by all the money in the world. So it's something negative comes from it. So it's just interesting that there's a reason why, because it comes from this lore. Jinn are known by their actions, which are generally easy to identify. Among other things, they are reputed to haunt houses, abandoned buildings, and all places dark, dank, and deep. They guard hidden treasures in lost cities. Most commonly known in the Middle East, Northern Africa, and Southern Asia, but they are also known in the U.S. They shapeshift into animal forms and back again. They vanish into thin air and reappear just as easily. They possess the bodies of living human beings, speaking and acting through them and afflicting them with diseases, both physical and mental. Some jinn behaviors, such as guarding ruins or shifting shapes, are common to both good and evil jinn. Other actions, such as terrorizing humans or subjecting them to disease, are performed by the notorious evil categories of fire spirits, the shaitans, ifrits, and marids, as well as some of the more specialized jinn types, such as ghouls. Yeah, there's some naughty uh-huh. ones out there. And not the fun naughty, but bad naughty. Yeah, not the fun naughty at all. All right, we're going to look into, like I just said before, we're going to look into the different types of jinn. And keep in mind, there are going to be more. But what we're doing here is we're we're actually just going to try to highlight some of the more known ones, I guess, some of the more, the ones that we've, we've come across as far as what we were able to uncover in our research, but probably like, like it was say, like we said earlier, there's probably different subspecies as there's believed to be different subspecies, almost like uh, if you were to, uh, I guess, use humans as an analogy, if you were to compare us to the gin, like what, where we have different races and yeah. ethnicities that it's believed the jinn also have a similar type of deal where they have different ethnicities and races and things like that and belief systems and everything. They're very parallel to humans in that way, uh, according to legend. Which makes it even more interesting that it's not just like one type, but there's all different. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll begin if you don't mind. We'll, we'll start with the mightiest of all the jinn, which is Iblis. In fact... Iblis is the overlord of the jinn. His name translates into English as despair. In essence, Iblis can be compared to Satan in the sense that one of his prime directives is to lure the human race to the dark side. The parallel between the devil and Iblis is made even more obvious by the fact that in Islamic lore, Iblis's alternative name is Shaitan which only serves to amplify the satanic-themed links between Iblis and the devil of the Bible. That Iblis, also referred to as Shaitan, remember, is the ultimate jinn, is given rise to the theory that the rest of the jinn hordes are the equivalents of the Bible's demons. Certainly, there are uncanny similarities between both stories. It was Iblis himself who ordered his fellow jinn to disobey Allah's order to bow down before Adam. Iblis's argument was that he and the rest of the jinn were superior beings formed from smokeless fire, while Adam was a lowly being of nothing but mere dirt. 
Iblis saw himself and his kind far above the human race when it came to the issue of stature. Iblis was right about the power of the jinn versus that of us, though, unlike us, the jinn have massively long lifespans. From our perspective, the jinn are practically immortal. Iblis, like all jinn, is a shape-shifting entity with the ability to take on multiple forms, including that of a large black dog, an elemental, an extraterrestrial, and a snake. And they can negotiate dimensions as easy as we change channels on our televisions. So, in that sense, yes, the jinn are our superiors and masterful manipulators of us too. Oh, so aren't you all fancy because you can do those extra special little things. You're better than us. It's very interesting though, how the, it is. the parallels between Iblis or Shaitan yeah. and the devil Satan. Mm-hmm. The parallels, like, like, like I just said, they're very, very similar. So it makes you wonder, is it supposed to be that maybe that is the, the Middle Eastern interpretation of the Bible story? But it's, or is it how- it's not, though, according to some of the research we've done it's just they just have a lot of similarities but it's not supposed to be like a middle eastern interpretation of the bible story it's supposed to be like what whatever was in the bible happened just with with their version of it but the the jinn and all this other stuff happened on top as well mm-hmm. so in addition to so there are demons and the devil but then there's the jinn and iblis and and shaitan and all that kind of stuff so Want to tell us about another type of gin? I-F-R-I-T. I'm going to call it an ifrit if I'm saying it wrong. Sorry. Ifrits are a type of gin that are thought to frequent ancient ruins. There are many myths in modern day that the ifrit protect the Egyptian pyramids and burial grounds. It is thought that if someone tries to open the, these areas without having an anti-spell, the ifrit would come and kill the offender. Ifrit are known to live in societies that are much like human worlds. They have royalty and social ranking that follows the example of Arabic tribal lines, including tribes and clans. While they prefer to marry other Ifrit, they are also known to be able to marry humans and have children with them. Ifrit are also known to have the power to grant wishes. While Ifrit have free will and are known to be able to choose to be believers or non-believers, most Ifrit are considered to be wicked and malevolent creatures that should be avoided at all costs. So that's where the genie grant and wishes, Mm -hmm. that's an Ifrit. And it's kind of like you think, oh, they can marry and have kids with humans. Cool, you know, like they're they're their own people and then they're usually like malevolent. Like, ah, okay, I guess they're not that cool. Can't, can't be buddies with them. That's sad. They're also the Marid. And the Marid are one of the most well-known types of jinn and are also thought to be the most powerful. So you have a couple of... It's, it's funny, you have a couple of different types that are thought to be the most powerful. So which one is it? They are the jinn that most modern-day understandings of genies are based off of and have the ability to shift form. The word Marid itself means giants, which speaks to their large form. The Marid are known to be able to grant wishes and are likely the source of the three wishes legend. However, obtaining these these wishes comes at a costly price. 
most often it requires a great deal of battle to obtain a wish. They can also be made to grant wishes if they are imprisoned with magic, or if there is a ritual performed in their honor. Flattery has also been proven to work, but an extraordinary amount of flattery is needed to gain favor. So you really got to kiss their ass. I, I guess like, so. Time. So a couple of things that came to mind with this, yeah, where it talks about their giants, and then I started to think about the megaliths that are here, and I'm like, maybe did these guys build them, or did they like grant they, that wish to have them created? Did they build know. them, or did they have them built? Were they built in their honor, kind maybe. of thing? You know? what yeah. makes you wonder. But it yeah. just that popped in my head, and then the other thing that I just remember talking about this is any time when I was a kid, I'd hear a story about a genie, and it was trapped, and it it wasn't free, and you get only three wishes. I remember being like, I you would get wish for only three wishes. <laughs> yeah, but no, that was the thing. You can't wish for more wishes. Yeah. I would always think I would do two wishes and my last wish would be to set the genie free. And that's like always like what I felt was the right thing to do. You want to tell us about the next type of gene? Ghoul. Ghouls are some of the most greatly feared jinn because of their ability to shapeshift and their tendency to prey on humans. While all jinn are feared to some extent, ghouls are especially feared because of their craving for human flesh. While ghouls are usually content to feed on a corpse, they are also content to devour humans that are still living, making them a great threat. And there's also the creepy ghoul. Ghouls are thought to be to frequent areas like graveyards, ruins, and places that are generally inhabited. Uninhabited. Uh, excuse me, uninhabited. They tend to attack people who travel alone or who are in small groups that can be outnumbered by the ghoul pack. Female ghouls are especially feared because of their ability to appear as normal and beautiful mortal women. They convince human men to marry them and then devour them. That's pretty... That sounds like a terrible honeymoon. pretty intense. Yikes. Like praying mantis style. What's the next one we have? Hin. Hin are a type of jinn that tend to appear as dogs and other animals. They are known to be spotted most often in Arabia, Persia, and India. It is thought that there may be a connection between these types of jinn and the strange dogs that would lure foreign soldiers into the desert during World War II and then disappear. Interesting. And again, kind of like Pakwaji you mentioned. Something taking the form, uh, something that, that will mesmerize and, 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 and capture the attention of its yeah. intended target and lure it away or to its doom. Eek. Jan, spelled J-A-N-N. Jan are shapeshifters who live in the desert and some of the most open-minded and friendly jinn to interact with humans. In fact, they were some of the first jinn that interacted with humans. They are known to appear in the form of whirlwinds and white camels. Jinn can be mischievous as they have the ability to hide or reveal the presence of an oasis depending on whether or not they like a group of travelers. Despite their mischief, they are powerful allies, especially because they are the enemies of the ghoul. Jan are also known to help humans in their war struggles throughout history. 
If the Jan decided that one army is righteous, they will protect the warriors who fight for the holy cause. If they deem an army to be unworthy, however, they are known to intervene and try to cause trouble. So well, at least you know that there's like a djinn that will help you out if a ghoul's coming for you. Cool. As long as it likes you. Yeah. As long as it likes you. There's always that caveat. Am I righteous <laughs> enough? I don't know. Let's talk about the Sila. The Sila are shape-shifting djinn that are thought to be fairly tolerant to humans compared to most djinn. The Sila are thought to be fond of meddling in human affairs, though often with the attempt to help. It is unlikely that you will see a Sila, though. They are very rarely sighted. All right. So you have some good guys helping us out, I guess. I'll take it. We just don't see them. No. Hey, but at least they're there. There's a lot of stuff out there that we don't see that are there, so take it for what it is. These are the legends. Yes. All right. The next one we're talking about Palice. Palice is a type, and I'll just say it's spelled P-A-L-I-S. Palice is a type of djinn that has many similarities to the vampires of Europe. They live in the desert and drain all the blood from their victims by licking the soles of their feet and sucking the blood out that way. However, Palice are also of very low intelligence. You can outsmart a Palice if two people sleep end-to-end with the soles of their feet together or under each other's heads. So they like to lick your feet and drain your blood that way, and they're not smart, so you sleep like foot-to-foot. Yeah. And you know what's funny about this? I'm reading it, and I'm like, I've heard about that. I remember hearing about a type of gin that, like, goes by, like, by getting at your feet and draining you that way. And I'm like, oh, so that's this one. So, like, as I'm reading, I'm, it's, like, clicking in, like, oh, yeah, I remember hearing about that. Gross. I'm, I'm not a foot guy. I don't like that. That's kind of gross. gross to me. But well, they know, were born that way. Teach their own, I guess. I wonder if they, if, if they like, like, clean feet. I was just thinking or, that. Or are they, like, the dirtier, the better? I don't know. Like would it would it behoove you to have good foot hygiene before going to sleep? Or to, not? Or not? <laughs> which which one is it? If you if you're really concerned and they don't like stinky feet, that might be a you good might excuse. Be in luck. Yeah, especially if you just generally have stinky feet. Like, man, I'm tr- I'm trying to keep those gin away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, the Kareen are perhaps one of the most interesting breeds of gin, and we're going to talk about them right now. It is thought that every person in the world is born with their own Kareen. So that means you've got one, I've got one, everybody has one. If you believe the legend. This Kareen is the part of the human that causes them to do bad things and sin. It is possible to train the Kareen to become a servant, but it is thought that this process takes many years and can be dangerous. Successful endeavors, however, are very rewarding. The Prophet Muhammad turned his Kareen into a Muslim and did away with his evil nature entirely. Other benefits include obtaining information on any person in the world. Every human has a Kareen, so if you make your Kareen your servant, it can talk to others of its kind and report back to you. Knowing how to cure illnesses, finding lost and stolen things, influencing others, Kareen, to get that person to do whatever you want, 
being aware of anyone who is coming to see you before they arrive. I read this and I'm like, that's interesting. I want to look up a little bit more about this. Like, how do you tame your Kareen? So upon my exploring on the internet, I found some articles that, you like that, huh? I found some article, <laughs> articles that talked about it. And a lot of people mentioned, I mean, when I say a lot, like the three I could find, but they were all in agreement that this is very dangerous to try to do. And one article I was reading, somebody wrote about how he met only a few people who were able to do that. However, it depends. There's ways you can do it. If you do it using black magic, it actually, you can tame it, but it actually becomes more powerful and then can take a hold of you. And if you tame it, I, I think it was by using the Quran, it over time will slowly still, it still becomes more powerful and over time it'll eventually take a hold of you. So um, one guy wrote about how this guy he knew, he went to go train with him and this guy lived out in the middle of nowhere in the woods and he had to isolate himself because of what this thing would do over time. He didn't want to cause harm to others because it, even though he, you know, captured it, he wasn't able to control it. Only Muhammad was able to do this and use it for good for him without any negative side effects. The Prophet Muhammad. Yes. So it, it was just seems like it's a very dangerous thing to do. And even though it seems like, oh, all these cool things, like fine, lost and stolen things, that, that would be good. They're inherently evil. They're very bad. And they're there to try to influence you. And you can not let them do that and kind of ignore them and do good. But they're always there. They're evil. So you have to be very careful. This is what's it. believed. Yes, this you're is you're what saying is it believed. like it's fact. You no, to, I'm saying this is what they sure say. You don't let them do it. it this, this is what is, I've this read. This is the legend. Yeah. Yes. So when you said that this guy went to train with, train, who are you talking about? Uh, there was an article. I have it on my computer. I can leave the link. But he told the story that he you was. Said, you said he was training. What was he training To for? do this. Oh, to, 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 to yeah, to, to oh, turn I see. it. Yeah. To, oh, okay. I, yeah, see, that, that stuff fascinates me because it's like, okay, how do you know you have this? And then you say, well, because everybody has it. Okay, well, how do you know that? How does one know that? How does one come to know that I have this attached to me? Oh, well, because the, the legend says that everybody's born with one. Well, okay, great. Well, how do, you, how do you identify it? How do you talk to it? How do you know that it's hearing you? Can you see it if you perform a certain spell or say a certain ritual or do a certain ritual, whatever, how did, how, like, were you able to see any of that information? Cause no. you, you researched this particular part. I did not. Yeah. I, I didn't find anything on that. It was more like everyone laid out. It's just what it is. It's, it's a part of us. We all have it. Fair enough. I, I just didn't know if it would like, maybe it, it, uh, it, when you tame it, it can actually take a, a physical form that you can identify with your eyes. You can actually visually see it and identify it. Well, I, I guess to kind of argue with that, one could say the same about your soul. Can you physically see it? You just kind of know it's that's there. fair. Yeah. So I, I that's almost like the same along the same lines. Yeah, again, I get. Like. I'm yeah. just asking out of curiosity of what you you had found in your research. I, that's all. I was just digging to see I, if there I was did anything not find else. anything. Okay, specific that that on was that. all. Let's hear about the Shaitin. The Shaitin are an evil jinn that have no hope for salvation. They pledge their service to the evil one, Iblis, 
The Shaitin are pure evil and are known to be the cause of many troubles in the human world. They are sometimes used and controlled by strong, dark magicians. Shaitin have the ability to cause illness and even death. They are also capable of much destruction and can cause a person to lose everything they have. Perhaps the most dangerous of all, Shaitin are known to have the ability to possess humans. While other jinn also have this ability, the act is much more malevolent when done by a Shaitin. The very first sentence, I'm like, that the Shaitin are evil and have no hope for salvation. And I'm thinking, well, if you label them that way, of course they're not. <laughs> You're not giving them a chance. And I'm like, uh, yeah. They're kind of SOL right at the gate with that, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so they're not very nice. They are the bane of our existence. Damn I'm like, it. is that what's going on right now in the world with some of this stuff? Oh, you could, Well, that's the beauty of, of legends and things like this, is you could use them as an excuse for okay. anything, really. The Vitala are the next jinn that we're going to speak of here. And they're often thought of as the original vampires and are a truly terrifying type of jinn because they are able to possess corpses and prevent them from decaying. This allows them to move about freely in the human world and be virtually undetectable. So these damn things are possessing corpses, not allowing the corpse to decay, and they're walking around freely, undetected. So I wonder, have I ever been around one of these things? Have you ever been around one of these things? Have you ever, think about it, if a djinn is taking a human form, if I was a djinn, I'm just thinking now from, and this is again, totally hypothetical, but think about it. If you're a djinn and you're unable to take a physical form, but you are, you, you've gotta be curious about what do these humans experience? What do these humans do? And they're taking a human form would they want to and they're interacting with humans would they want to procreate with humans would they want to can they procreate i was gonna with say humans? but can they because if they're in a corpse mm -hmm. which is not rotting because they're preventing it from decaying but they're in this corpse can they procreate i mean we know that there are jinn that supposedly walk among us and everything but this particular type, if it's in a corpse, like a, like say I pass away yeah. and all of a sudden no, the gin pops into my body right away. Unless they got like the blood pumping and everything else pumping. Can you? I don't. How does that work? Would it be, you know, I, I, I know it's just kind of a weird thing. It just popped in my head. I'm like, wonder, I wonder about that. Yeah. Moving on more on the Vitala. The Vitala are also extremely intelligent and are thought to be natural psychics. They're often said to have the ability to read thoughts and tell a person's future. So I Again, wonder... going on with that vampire lore. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I wonder if maybe, like, the real psychics and fortune tellers are really these things that have taken somebody's corpse and inhabited it. I wonder. I wonder that, too. Because think about it. And I'm going now strictly on Hollywood and movie programming and TV shows from when us? I was a kid. Of course not. Every time you see like a fortune teller in, in like a movie, right? It's usually like an older woman with the, you know, the, 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 the garb, the crystal ball, all her little jewels and crystals and stuff out. You never see them with a family or kids around. It's always an old woman. So I was going to say, so like me and like... That, 
20 more years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> With the crystal ball. And the, you have yeah. a crystal ball? Wow. Yeah. Is that what those were, are? I don't know. All right. Let's go to the last one that we have. Niznans, also known as half persons. They are beings with only half a head, one eye, one hand, and one leg. Alternatively described as a special type of jinn or as the former inhabitants of the Ubar who were punished by Allah by being transformed into monstrosities. All right then. That kind of stinks. So they're half persons. Yeah, half persons because they only have half a head. One eye, yeah, one hand, one leg. That's very, very weird. We talked a little bit about the different types of gin, and again, there's there's tons more, mm-hmm. but those are those are the ones that that seem to be the most common that pop up in in a lot of the the different stories that we were able to find. Now, we talked briefly. You heard us talk briefly about gin possessing people and having the ability to possess people. So let's talk a little bit about jinn possession now, shall we? Sure. A common term in Arabic for spirit possession is sarah, a word that is also applied to epilepsy and epileptic fits. A possessed person is called masru. Another word for possession is mass from the verb masa, meaning to touch or feel. Masa can mean the madness of diabolical possession. In Arabic, an insane person is called a majnan, which is from the same root as the word jinn. It is spelled M-A-J-N-U-N. And traditionally, insanity was linked to jinn possession. According to the consensus of leading Sunni scholars, the jinni, enters one seized by fits and causes him to speak incomprehensible words unknown to himself. If one is seized by fits, is struck with a large blow enough to kill a camel, he does not feel it. So they're in such a fit, a large camel, or I'm sorry, a, a blow that's big enough to kill a camel would not bother this person while they're in the middle of this fit if they're possessed by the genie. Some people believe that possession was sometimes caused by lust or love on the part of an individual jinn. Alternatively, the jinn could be motivated by mischief, horseplay, or just plain evil. Possession, however, is most often a result of a jinn growing angry over a perceived wrong and seeking to punish the human deemed responsible. If a human accidentally urinates on a hidden jinn or spills hot water on him, for example, the jinn may think he has been deliberately harmed and may seek revenge by possessing the person's body. So don't take a piss on an invisible jinn, people, okay? You got to be careful for that. Now, I found this interesting in terms of jinn possession. Egypt is known nowadays as a main center for a type of jinn possession ceremony called the czar, Z-A-R, a ritual normally involving only women. The czar is not Islamic, though it often includes some Islamic elements. It is believed to derive ultimately from early African animist religions and to have developed its current form in East Africa several centuries ago. 
The czar, sometimes called a healing cult, is particularly common in the southern Egypt and northern Sudan. It has also become popular in Saudi Arabia and other Arab Gulf states and even southern Iraq. The ritual, conducted in a large room or rented house, involves music, drums, seance dancing, and trances. It often concludes with an animal sacrifice and a sacrificial meal. The object of the ritual is not to exercise the possessing jinn, but to appease and propitiate them, allowing them to remain inside their victims. The ceremonies also have a powerful, supportive role, providing an emotional and social outlet for women in patriarchal societies. It was Southern Iraq. Oh, sorry, by Southern the way, Iraq. Not Thank Southern you. Iraq. Dr. Ahmad Al Safi, a Sudanese physician who has studied the czar and similar rituals in Sudan, agrees that these ceremonies, which he calls parties, go far beyond therapy for gym possession. The czar parties, in addition to being therapeutic in nature, are believed to serve social functions as well. The czar parties provide women with music, dancing, food, and a relaxed atmosphere in which they can let off steam. Indeed, the relaxation women attain in these ceremonies sometimes amounts to moral slackness. Access to this type of life is a real privilege in the conservative, male-dominated society in Sudan. In Egypt, the czar is led and, in fact, stage-managed by a woman called a Kodia. In Sudan, she is a Shika who herself becomes possessed by the jinn during the ceremony and thereby is able to speak with the jinn and intercede on behalf of the victim or victims. The possessing spirits are usually male and the possessed are almost always females. The czar leader is a prestigious position in Egypt and is often passed from mother to daughter. Well, all right then. That's crazy. It almost comes off like a reason just for these women to get together and blow off some steam and have a party. Yeah, yeah, we're we're get we're dealing with gin <laughs> possessing go, people. Yeah, we're gonna go communicate with gin. That's something we gotta talk about someday. Is is a a, a demonic possession? We gotta talk uh, about yeah. demon possession someday. That's something that's always fascinated me. Well, that is a lot to yeah. take in so far. So while we uh, let that simmer and ruminate for a little bit, I think it's a time we take a little break. Yeah, let's take a little break. Take a little break. We'll be right back. After these words from our sponsor, me. Many people are unaware just how much hypnotherapy can help them or think it's only to help lose weight or quit smoking. But there is so much more hypnotherapy can do. It can help with stress, anxiety, insomnia, phobias, performance enhancement, connecting with your spirit guides and higher self. You can even discover past lives and your life between lives. Heal traumas, break habits, find your deepest truth, or just have fun discovering who you really are, all from the comfort of your home. I'm Monique Pliakis. I'm a certified hypnotherapist, and I want to help you. Schedule a free consult by going to www.innerstandingshypnosis.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-S-T-A-N-D-I-N-G-S-H-Y-P-N-O-S-I-S.com. Innerstandings Hypnosis. Find your power and ignite your inner light. All right, and we're back. Yes. Now it's time to get into some fun stuff. 
we're going to get into the stories, some gin stories, some stories that we were able to find mm-hmm. that feature some gin encounters. And actually, before we get into any of those stories, don't you have a story about a gin or a possible gin encounter that maybe maybe you had a gin encounter and we didn't know about this till? Yeah, so... Tell, tell the story. You tell Okay, it. well, I just want to kind of start off with this. The most well-known tales of gin come from the book Arabian Nights, also known as 1001 Nights. In Arabian Nights, the gin are acknowledged as being created from smokeless flame and are normally invisible. But they often materialize before humans, usually in human likeness, but sometimes as the most bizarre creatures imaginable. Various gin characteristics emerge throughout the tales, such as the ability to shapeshift and travel as whirlwinds or, and, or sandstorms, as we mentioned with the specific type right. of gin. Despite such fantastical elements, gin society is, as it's been allegedly seen, essentially similar to human society. Many of the gin encountered in Arabian Nights have been imprisoned in flasks or columns of stone by King Solomon. The gin are also compelled by certain objects like rings. Other stories are passed down over time from people claiming to have encountered gin or those who are possessed by gin. And I personally have read many stories of encounters that people shared online where it said that when they're encountering gin, there's always something off. Like if it's shape-shifting into a human or something else, there's just something off about it. And we were on our friend Karen Rontowski's podcast a couple years ago, Paranormal Karen, and I was sharing a story about a haunted house I lived in, in when I lived in Providence, Rhode Island. And I mentioned that the ghost or what I thought is a ghost one night I was watching a movie and yeah, I, tell saw, us the story. I saw this like cloud it was almost like smoke it was like a bluish whitish silveryish, but still transparent like almost like smoke moving from one wall just like across like moving over and it was really interesting because I'm like like in front of you it was yeah, like in front of you like probably like six feet in front of me, like up between like the ceiling and the wall. And I'm just thinking like, okay, well, it's not smoke because I don't have anything smoking right now. I don't have a window open for something to come in. Did you have anything cooking in the kitchen? Nothing. And and that's right. why I was like, there, there's nothing to be causing that. So I'm sitting there like, am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? Like, what am I seeing? And then I'm like, it's got to be the ghost. So I got excited. I'm like, hi, I'm watching a movie. If you want, you can watch it with me. And uh, yeah. As you do. As you do. <laughs> and then I shared how another night, one of the roommates there had a black cat named Ziggy. And I was in bed. And my boyfriend at the time was in bed with me. And the door was closed to our bedroom because we slept with the door closed and I had an iguana and she had one of those red heat lamps. So it gave a little bit of light, but it was red, but it was still, you could still see stuff inside. Sure. So I wake up in the middle of the night and I feel the cat on me. I can literally feel that pressure from the paws when a cat is climbing on you. And so I wake up and I'm like, Ziggy, no, like get off me, Ziggy. And I'm trying to get him off. And I look and I see him. I see the cat. And my boyfriend at the time wakes up and he's like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, Ziggy, he's on me. And then Ziggy jumps off of me and goes under the bed. 
And he goes, I saw him, but the cat can't be in the room because the door is closed. And then I'm like, oh, shit. So I get up and I turn on the light. I'm looking under the bed. He's not under the bed. So I open the door. I look and I find him. He's outside of the room. So there is no way he could have gotten in the room. And he couldn't have gone. There's no holes anywhere that it could sneak through. There was just nowhere. And and I was like, I swear he was on me. He's like, my boyfriend at the time is like, I know. I saw him. He saw him. I felt him. I thought it was a ghost because the roommate said, oh, yeah, he like changes into different things in different forms. He gets curious and wants to like get closer to people. The ghost. Yeah, the ghost will change into different forms to something you're more comfortable with so it can get close to you and see you up close and be closer to you. And when we were, I was sharing the story with Karen, she mentioned, I wonder if it could be a gin. And I was like, shit, I didn't think of that. I just, she told me it was a ghost, the roommate. I thought it was a ghost and it never even crossed my mind. Shape shifting. It could be a gin. But the thing is, it was like, it's not like anything bad happened there. And I always felt like, but I, I will say, like, I didn't feel anything bad coming from when I came across that presence. It was a negative, but there was a lot of negative energy there with the people that lived there, the roommates. And like, it, I like went into a depression there. That's when I started getting gray hair. Yeah, I was 21 years old getting gray hair. It was like bad. But it's just interesting because I, I, it just makes me curious. Like, I didn't get a bad five when I saw that cloud with Siggy. I was just like, what's going on? But the energy in that apartment was negative. But it could just be because of the people living there. But you, you never know. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Very, very crazy. Mm-hmm. In terms of it something being off it was hard to tell because it was dark but I did see a black cat but now that I think (laughs) about it I never really you know how like cats eyes you can usually like in the dark when there's a little bit of light yeah the eyes didn't really stick out so maybe that's what was off about it who knows maybe maybe you imagined the whole thing I slept through it and my boyfriend at the time maybe he imagined we had the 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 same dream you, you shared the same vision or dream who knows? Yikes! Well, it's uh very uh it's it's interesting. I'm not doubting you at all. I'm I'm, I'm you know me. I always have to play. I have to always you give do. a contrarian point of view. We like to look at things. At well, different I, I like you like yeah. to try to think of yeah, every possibility yeah. you know th- that you can. And obviously, who knows what it was? Yeah, it's I'm just, not claiming I know, and I'm not claiming that's what it is. I was just put out there that Karen was the one who thought. Oh. Maybe it's a gem. It kind of it kind of fits yeah. with with what what we're what we're finding out through our research and what we're yeah. sharing now. What it could could have been. You Shout out know. to Karen, by the way. If you don't listen to her podcast, Paranormal Karen, check it out. She's wonderful. She's and awesome. Amazing. Yes. yes. Wow. Okay. Well, we're gonna go into a couple of stories now that we found, and a lot of these are shared by military personnel or former military personnel who were stationed in the Middle East. Uh, and, and obviously these, a lot of these are more recent because we've been over there. Uh, when I say we, I mean the United States military has been over in the Middle East now uh, since 9-11. I mean, before then too, but obviously a, a much bigger, more uh, pronounced presence since then. 
And so a lot of different stories started to surface uh, in the last 20 years about strange encounters. Now, were they gin? Were they not gin? I don't know. Obviously, they don't know, but a lot of these stories fit what could very well be the profile of a gin encounter. So I cherry-picked a couple of these. I found very, uh, there's a lot of them out there, and I, and I cherry-picked a few that I thought were pretty interesting that we could share here today. So one of these happened in 2005, uh, and it was uh, a report of a soldier at a fob where, uh, war horse in Iraq. And the weird account is as follows, and this is... Uh, the soldiers, this is a quote that I'm going to read. So, quote, we had a generator connex converted into an office. I was inside the connex doing my water testing and I heard the sound of someone walking on the rocks outside the connex. I figured that maybe it was security coming by to check on things. I went outside and there was no one there and the sound stopped. The moon was bright that night and there was light shining on the rocks from it. I saw shadows of what looked to be spiked crescents zipping past my feet. I looked up and there was nothing flying around. These things were zipping real fast. Later, I drove back to my LSA to get something. While I was backing up to park, someone started banging on the truck. I stopped immediately thinking that I had hit someone. I got out and looked. No one there. This was about 4 a.m. I went to the bag farm to take more samples and do a general check for water leaks. Between the last outermost bag and the Hescos, there appeared a small light dancing around. I walked over to that area and it stopped. When the new Raupu site was completed, it was custom to get there before breakfast to start the generator, get the AC or heater working in the lab or office, and set out a clipboard at the distribution point before walking across the road to the DFAC for breakfast. As I left the office to go, I walked past the Ropu Connexes and I saw a man in a white t-shirt sitting on his heels leaned up against the Connex. I started to go that way to see who it was and what he needed, but when I looked away and back again, he was gone, nowhere in sight, end quote. Now, I don't know what a lot of these acronyms that I just read mean, but I, I'm reading them as this soldier told them in his account. For any of the military out there, if you can help us out and tell us what a what a R O W P U Ropu or Raupu or a D E F A C DeFac or DFAC, what that is. And if we're saying it wrong, sorry. And if we're saying it wrong, yeah, again, apologies, but uh, I, I don't know what any of that means or what it is, what it stands for. So yeah, I thought that it was a pretty interesting one. Yeah. So there's another story about a possible encounter with Jin from an ex-army security guard working in Karachi, Pakistan in 2005, who also had quite a bizarre story to tell. He had been hired by some affluent families to guard a street in a more upscale district of the city. And one night, something decidedly terrifying happened to him that neither he nor the families he worked for could explain. So this is the story according to one member of the families that had hired the guard. Quote, sometime past midnight, he was sitting in his chair when we were woken up by his screaming as he jumped over the gates of one house and entered in shock. Mind you that this was a man armed with a repeater, a weapon with 12 rounds, automatic pumping action, something similar to Arnold's weapon in T2 when he was riding his bike. Upon inquiring, he kept on repeating the same story for one hour. He said that in an empty area between two houses, he first saw a rabbit hopping right opposite to where he was seated, and in an instant, the rabbit sort of transformed into a cat, 
whilst moving towards him. As this was happening, he tried to dispel this event as an illusion. However, he was soon terribly shaken as the cat had now started taking the shape of a woman. He clearly described the transformation, and at the point where he saw the half-woman entity, he got so scared that he started screaming and his legs, which were jammed, were able to find the strength to jump into action over the six-foot gate into our neighbor's house. As far as I remember, he left his gun outside and we had to gather it later. Our neighborhood remained in a state of shock and fear for quite some time after this event. The guard had been with us for nearly a year, and after this, he was never the same guy again. Soon after, he swapped his duty roster with another guard. End quote. That's going to be weird. You, you think? You see something like a rabbit out in the <laughs> yeah, street, and then it think? turns into a cat, Holy. and then a woman. But one thing that I thought was interesting is it said that he saw the half-woman entity. Yeah, because as the it's transforming from a cat in, in yeah. becoming a woman, so it's ha it's not fully transformed. Oh, it yet. was still okay. Because I'm still like, is it the Nizman, the half person? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty crazy, though. Like oh, yeah. what? And and, like, and, and you think about I it, you're you? you're an armed guard. You're sitting there. Yeah. You've got a fully loaded weapon, and you see this. It freaked out this guy allegedly. Freaked this guy so bad that he leaves his gun. And, you know, runs into a neighbor's house. He didn't even go into the house he's guarding. He goes to the neighbor's house. I don't know why. Why he didn't just go into that house. Because maybe it's the closest may thing Maybe the neighbor's house into. was closer. Yeah, who knows? Crazy. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. One retired remote viewer for the U.S. military named David Morehouse wrote of his own experience in his book, Psychic Warrior. It's a good book, by the way. I have that. According to Morehouse, he was stationed in Jordan at a desolate valley called Baton El Ghul in order to take part in training exercises with Jordanian troops. So the location is already spooky enough as it is, with the Valley Long said to be prowled by demons and ghosts, and even the name Baton Al Ghul itself having the sinister meaning of Belly of the Beast. That's just crazy. <laughs> Jordanian soldiers have often told of seeing demons stalking about in the wasteland or even attacking people, and the whole valley was said to be a cursed place. But things would get strange for Morehouse when he sustained a head injury when he was accidentally shot in the helmet during a training exercise. Morehouse would go on to claim that the injury had left him with the ability to see Jen, which he would report on thus. Quote, sometime in the night, my eyes opened to a surreal light outside the tent. It was like the light of an eclipsed sun and wasn't coming from any stove. It filled the night sky. The entire Baton El Ghul and the hills beyond were bathed in the strange bluish gray light. I walked to the edge of the bluff and stared into the valley. Dark figures moved effortlessly across its floor like apparitions. They poured from the rocks in various heaps and shapes and moved about the cluster of tents. I could hear muffled cries from the Jordanian encampment, and momentarily I thought we were being overrun by thieves or Israelis. Panicked, I turned to run for help. Colliding with one of the figures, I reflexively closed my eyes, except I didn't collide. I walked right through it. 
Turning around, I watched the figure disappear over the edge of the bluff. And that's interesting because we talked about how they can go through different dimensions and how... End quote. Oh, sorry. And how in, in the past we've also talked about how there's so much out there, but they're in either a different dimension or just some other level of existence that we cannot see. So they're here. They're just, in a sense, on a different plane. So it seems like he can see what's there or at least getting glimpses of what's there. Well, now... Even though it's it, not physical. But he had a... He, he ended up getting shot in the head. Yeah. And since then, he... That's what I'm saying. He could see says what Says that he's able to see these things. Yeah, but it's still not the physical. So it's like he has the ability to see it but not necessarily interact. Well, he can't interact because a djinn is not physical. Yeah. So, yeah, he's going through it, right. I guess in the terms of how djinn can interact with each other. Sure. Another report of alleged djinn activity by the military in the Middle East. Quote, I was in Kabul, Afghanistan on my fourth tour in the Middle East. At the time, I was a platoon sergeant of a PSD unit stationed at ISAF HQ. That day, there was intel that insurgents were looking to target our vehicles on our normal routes. There was only so many different roads to get to NK, and it was hard to change up the pattern, so I decided to try a completely new route we had never driven before. I scouted it out using a map and satellite imagery. The road looked like it was paved and good, so we headed out. As we started down this new road, we saw it was dirt and not paved. We got stuck in mud right as this tall wall started, and later I found out that the old British cemetery was on the other side. I get out of the vehicle, and as I was knee-deep in mud that was not from dirt but human waste and trash, <laughs> it took us over an hour to self-extract from the mud. Worst part was I had to toss out my favorite pair of boots. Now, I would toss that up to bad luck and coincidences, but around the same time, I was having some strange stuff going on. I had a room that I could lock and no one else could get in, and I would put something like vehicle keys or other important items on my bed and leave and lock my room, only to come back and they would be missing. I would start searching everywhere for the item and could not find it. I would leave again, and when I came back, they would be in the exact spot I originally left them. And this happened on several occasions. Later on, I was reading a couple books on Jin, Legends of the Fire Spirits, and another one I can't remember the name of, and my experiences lined right up with their modus operandi. They like playing pranks and taking things from people, and they have a strong attraction and appear near human waste. End quote. Ew. That's so gross. Well, remember earlier, it's like they Ugh. allegedly like dark, dank places. Yeah, but that's just, oh. And I, I was doing some reading. I was looking at like, what do Jin eat and drink? And I kept coming across the same story. And it mentioned a story about Jin saying, um, talking about like bone and dung. And that's what they eat. But I, I, I was trying to read the like story. Any kind of waste or, or from human? Well, that, does I just, that, it, it said matter? dung. But the story oh. was really confusing to me. And I was just like, is that why they like being near, near waste? I don't know. 
the the story I just I couldn't stay with it the way it, I read it, and it was the same type of story. They it's like the websites just took the same thing and like quoting it everywhere. So I just had such a hard time following it. I, I was like, never mind. But it just made me think like, interesting something about that that. Yikes. One curious report was mentioned in the book Phantoms and Monsters, Strange Encounters by Lon Strickler. The account concerns a witness who worked for several years in Iraq and Afghanistan from 2004 to 2009 with the U.S. Army Criminal Investigations, which is known as the CID, investigating crimes amongst military personnel such as bribery and theft. In 2005, he was embedded within an army infantry unit deep in the rugged mountains of a region of Iraqi Kurdistan called the Sulaymaniyya Governorate in northeast Iraq near the Iranian border. After being briefed on the general situation, he learned of some decidedly bizarre activity that had been occurring in the remote area concerning a mysterious creature haunting the locals that no one was able to identify. According to villagers of the isolated wilderness region and the Kurdish military, people were being stalked and haunted by a beast known locally as the ghoul, which was described as being very tall, humanoid creature with disproportionately long arms and legs, and which purportedly had a taste for human flesh. The witness was ordered to the area for an in-depth investigation, accompanied by an infantry squad. And at this point, it was thought that the bizarre story perhaps came down to a crazed soldier who had gone AWOL and was going around killing people. It was thought that they may basically be dealing with a serial killer, a man who had perhaps snapped and gone mad from the stress of the war. Yet, after several days of surveillance and searching, they had come up with no trace of who or what could be behind the strange activity. They began to suspect that this was all just spooky stories and nerves, but villagers were adamant that something was haunting them and killing them to the point I'm sorry, was haunting, hunting them and killing them to the point that, there, that many were afraid to leave their homes even in the daytime. Then, Things took a turn for the weird. Now they're going to take a turn for the weird? That seemed pretty weird already. All right. Getting hunted by something. According to the witness, one evening he was going over some reports with the squad leader when they reported hearing a shrill, unearthly scream echo through the air outside, which seemed to come from the direction of a nearby mountain pass. When they went outside to investigate, some of the villagers were hurrying to their homes for safety, and they claimed that this was the scream of the very thing that had been terrorizing them. The armed soldiers mobilized and decided to head into the pass to investigate the eerie, otherworldly scream, and whatever it was howled again several times, standing everyone's hair on end. It was an alarming, blood-curdling sound, unlike anything any of them had ever heard before. Like no animal known to live in the area, and these heavily armed men were actually scared of what they might find out there in the dark. Slowly and warily, they fanned out into the dark pass to conduct a search, and the witness would describe what happened thus. 
Quote, Within the hour, the squad and I were slowly entering the pass. It was night, but the moon was very bright, so we were able to see around a bit. We searched the entire area for several hours using night vision and high-intensity lights. We found nothing, not a footprint or remnant from any creature fitting the description. I've always wondered what we heard that night. I've asked a few learned people for their opinion, but with little satisfaction. There were many strange instances in Iraq that just never made the light of day. I heard of some, but I'm positive most were just filed away. End quote. So it was probably a ghoul. Maybe. Never know. One American soldier claimed to have had a very bizarre encounter while deployed to a remote area of southern Afghanistan. The witness reports that one night, he and his squad mate had set up a position to secure a site around 2 a.m., at which time only he and the forward gunner were awake. After setting up the position, they sat there in the quiet night scanning the darkness for any activity, and the tiredness and monotony of the scene wrapped up on them to threaten to make them fall asleep. However, they were jolted awake when something bizarre stepped out of the night. Out of the shadows, about 75 yards away from their position, crept what appeared to be a very tall man, and the startled soldiers put on their night vision goggles to identify this potential enemy. Whatever the figure was appeared to be human, and they were wondering whether to open fire or not when it reportedly turned its head toward them and peered at them with eyes so bright that they hurt the soldiers' eyes and caused their night vision goggles to malfunction. The witness would say of the rest of the encounter, Quote, Then the thing turned and looked right at me with eyes so bright my night vision started to burn out, meaning it was so bright it was burning the system usually done only by really fucking bright shit like the sun. So that freaked me out, and I pulled my NVGs, my night vision equipment, off, and those eyes were like neon red blood. Blood red and bright as the sun. So this freaks me out, and I pull my machine gun over and train the thermal optic on it, So, and those eyes were so hot it started to burn out that optic. Same concept as before, but with, you know heat but his body was so cold he stood out from the background which is really weird i slowly loaded it and then the eyes moved like he cocked his head at me and turned and walked off and was gone i didn't say a word of this while we were there or to anyone in the army since we've gotten back end quote oh man so I, I gotta wonder, are the jinn real? Are they actual entities that are described in Muslim lore, or are they something else? And now, this is a, a story that we're doing our research, we're, we're looking at all these articles, and, and uh, some of these articles, they, they allow comments at the end of the, the article. You know, if you're a, a member of the website or whatever, you can leave a comment, and I was able to find a pretty interesting story from a, a comment that was down at the bottom there, and I thought we'd share it. I'm going to read it exactly as it was there, and, and I'll put in quotes as they were as they were uh, listed and everything. All right, so, quote, Never seen one myself, but I have a story from someone I trust. A few years ago, I asked my SO if he had ever seen a ghost. He got really uncomfortable and squirrely, lots of hemming and hawing. Annoyed, I said... 
quote, just say yes or no. I won't judge if you think you've seen a ghost, end quote. I'm a skeptic and figured he didn't want to sound like a rube or something. Turns out he was hesitant because he believes he saw one, but it was while he was deployed on a mission in the Middle East and he was trying to think of how he could describe it without giving up any classified info. The story is this. He was in the spooky, vague, quote, Middle East when there was a commotion from the soldiers watching the perimeter. Apparently, they could see a man about 100 yards away from the camp. He had appeared out of nowhere. No one saw him walking up. The man was just standing there, not doing anything threatening. But since it was a strange man and in a war zone, they broke out all the high-tech gear to see what was going on. They could see his face, his clothes, his height, but he looked bizarrely distorted and was not giving off a heat signature. Now remember, they have infrared gym jams and whatnot. It's, it's the freaking military, not a piddling ghost hunting troop here. He was not the temperature of a human being. He was the temperature of the air around him. They had no idea what was going on and people were freaking out. At this point, I said some obvious stuff. Quote, maybe it was a scarecrow or a dummy or a shadow or the soldiers were really tired and delirious and their eyes were playing tricks on them or it was a hologram weapon shaped like a human, end quote. His response... They called different people up to come look at the man. It wasn't just a few soldiers who saw this. Dozens of people came to look and everyone confirmed that it was definitely a person. Eventually, they decided to send out a team to check this guy out. When they got about 50 yards away, the man started walking. Only it didn't look like he was walking toward or away from them, only walking in place. They froze, expecting an attack, but the man never got any closer. Me, quote, so he was, uh, moonwalking? Ooh, oh, a terrorist with dance moves, scary, end quote. His shaky response, it looked like it was trying to walk, but instead of moving like a regular person, its bones were breaking and splintering backwards and forwards at the joints. I can't think of a better way to describe it. Its head was jerking around like a puppet. When the convoy got a few yards closer, it disappeared entirely. The team hauled ass back to camp, and as soon as they returned, the man-thing reappeared in its spot. Everyone took turns watching it for an hour or so until it disappeared for good. Didn't walk away, didn't fly or melt or explode, just stood there for a long time, then vanished. The description of the bones breaking and bending the wrong way gets me every time. My SO still doesn't like talking about it and he is not one to make up stories or lie. He doesn't care about ghosts or proving their existence, but him and dozens of other soldiers were scared out of their minds by an inexplicable man-thing in the desert that night. Fucking A, what a story to close on. <laughs> I like the man-thing. Yeah, like what? Again, it, it goes based off that description that, Jin, there's something off about them. Yeah. It, yeah, just, I was like, yeah, well, I mean... 
another story where there's something off and then it's moving, but it's joints. It's moving like it's breaking, going the wrong way and it's not going anywhere. That's got to be a sight to see. Yeah. Like I, I can picture it in my head. I'm just like, it, it's a pretty good description. You know, he, he wrote, wrote it up wrote and everything. It, yeah. So yeah, I could picture it in my head, but yeah, just like, could you imagine seeing that, like actually seeing it and, and you are there and, and you're getting what you're seeing validated by not like you're just one guy next to you or something, but dozens of people, more people, you're calling people, come here, look at this. Tell, what do you think this is? Look at that. And then you have people going out to it and, and everybody's seeing what you're seeing and it's there for a long time, an hour after they went out and had it disappear on them and, and then it reappears and it's there for an hour. Like, it's like you get what? close and it goes away. Yeah. Like it's fucking with them. Uh, you know, and, and it's just, it's, it's very, it's just fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's just fascinating hearing stories like that. And and these are from military people. Mo- most of these stories we shared are from military people, people that were in the Middle East involved in some military operation or just stationed there. And these are the kinds of things that they're seeing at night, during the day. It's, it's just crazy. One of the things that came to mind as we're going over these stories too was we did an episode called There Might Be Giants and we talked about yes. giants. Yeah. And I was thinking how so much stuff happens in the Middle East. Well, it's a it's a it's a huge area. Yeah. I mean, it, and I, I I don't know because I've never been there. Uh, I don't really know anybody from there, so I don't have any. I, I guess like for for me, reliable first-hand witness accounts of anything or, or life there, I would imagine the way I picture it in my mind, the way I imagine it is that it, there are, it's got to be like it is here where you have, you know, heavily populated major cities and then just small villages and towns and a lot of open area that's not populated at all. Like here we have a lot of woods, a lot of forests, a lot of, uh, you know, if you're going towards the Midwest, a lot of flat prairies and, and just you know, flatland, you know, on the East coast here where we live, you have a lot of mountains. If you go up North and as you go down South, you have like the Appalachian mountains and that kind of thing. So there's a lot of area that's not populated. So here we, we talk about different cryptids or like Bigfoot, for example, is the big one here that people see or claim to have seen. You don't know what's out in the, in the woods. There's so much that we're not aware of that, that is out there. I would imagine it's gotta be the same there but there, it's not forests and mountains. It's more so, I mean, they have mountains, but it's more so desert and, and more sand and that kind of thing. So you got to imagine that they're going to be running into, whether it's gin, if that's what these things are, or giants, if they if they exist. There's that story that we talked about in our in that Might Be Giants episode. And actually, I came across it again while we were researching this stuff today. Uh, about the the supposed giant that was shot in the yes, mountains there by the by the military, by the military yes. back in two thousand three, and that's one of the things I thought of. Yeah, and that's and that was actually that came up in one of the stories that I was looking at today. That that whole thing. So who knows, right? I mean, yeah. there's so much out there that uh, there's so much land that man is not inhabiting and and going into there's so much uninhabitable land or or land that we can't even get to by foot who knows what's there the world is so big i mean so vast that that's why i've always said like a lot of these things yeah okay we don't see them doesn't mean they don't exist exactly 
And and with the jinn be, being something that if you believe the stories, if you believe the legend, if you think that this is something that actually does exist, if you think it's real, being something that maybe exists on a different frequency than what we're used to or accustomed to or what we're tuned into being able to see or hear, it, it could very well be. I mean, there's all kinds of different scientific evidence out there that shows we see what we see, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what reality is. So, I, you know. Well, like we said, there's so many things on so many different levels that we yeah. just can't see. Doesn't mean that it's not there. The other thing I just wanted to bring up is a lot of the stuff with the gin, it makes me think of the similarities with the fae. There are many different kinds of fairies. You have good fairies, like, who are kind. They are cool. But yeah, then you have... Sure you know mischievous ones ones who aren't so nice and it's just these different realms of these different beings and it's all different types so it, it just i i see the similarities and again a lot of people don't see fae or fairies but it doesn't mean that they're not there just like the jinn so you could say that you could argue that i mean these these things are real because there there have been stories of them Throughout time, these stories are timeless. They've been around as long as there's been man. Is that because there have been interactions, there have been sightings, there have been all the... There uh, Have these stories existed for a reason, or have these just been stories? Just that. Just stories that have been made up to account for the way we behave, the way we act. Oh, it's a gin that's, uh, everyone's born with one. So that's why we sin. That's why we do bad things. That's why we make the, the bad choices that we make. That's why bad things happen in the world because there's gin that are manipulating people to do or cause these bad things. It's a great scapegoat. Is that what it is? You know, because you, you can't rule that out, that these are just things that we use as a scapegoat, like you said, or, or as a way to explain our fallacies, our our shortcomings, our bad or evil or wrong or immoral tendencies. Is that what is that what gin are? Is that is it a made up thing that's used for that? I and don't know. And that's a question with a lot of stuff that we're told. Sure, yeah, but I could also again. I, I, that's the skeptical part of me. Says you know that could very well be all that it is, and it's just survived all this time because. We need a way to explain why we do the things that we do because there's no real explanation you, you, for, for urges that we get, for feelings that we have. So you have to assign it something so that you can make sense of it, so that your brain can process and, and make sense of what you're doing or why people do certain things. Some, somebody that does an act that you can't fathom because you would never be able to do it, you have to chalk it up to something. So is that what this is? Is it a way to explain away how some people maybe do some things or deeds that are inconceivable to, to others, Something you know, to blame it on. Yeah. Is that what it is? I, I don't know. But then again, that other part of me goes, but there's so much out there that we can't explain that we haven't seen that it, there is a, there's, there's the possibility that it is something that, that exists on a different plane, but that exists with us just parallel to us. Or with us and just invisible to us because our eyes can only process so much and can only see so mm -hmm. much. Just like our ears can only hear certain frequencies, but animals can hear different frequencies. Yep. Yeah. And one of the other thoughts I just wanted to share during the stories you were telling 
you had mentioned, uh, you had quoted in one of the stories about the guy who left something on his bed. Mm -hmm. He'd lock the door. He'd come back. It was gone. And then we later talked about the guy who like did investigations about people who stole stuff. And it just made me think, how much would it suck if you got accused of stealing something and it was really taken by a gin and misplaced and then you got the blame for stealing it? But then again, somebody could just say that, like, I didn't do it. It was the gin. And it's an excuse. It's yeah. it's a reason. It's blame. <laughs> it's, Take it's, the heat off of you. It's a Yeah, it's a good scapegoat. Like you said before, it's a scapegoat for stuff. Or you could just be the unfortunate soul who's getting messed with by the gin. You could be. And fair known to do that, too, to move things around. Well, so. that, and, the, and that's just the thing. Same thing with, like, the fairies and Faye. Mm -hmm. Like. Does that exist? I've never seen one. I don't know. But there's people that say they do. I don't. Who knows? We don't know. But she's over here mouthing. <laughs> For those of you that they cannot do. see, who are not watching, yes, Monique is saying that they do. And that's that's cool. Again, it's a belief. It's all a belief. Belief is the enemy of knowing. I want to know. That's my thing. I just want to know for sure. Yes or no, does this exist? Well, I've seen what I think are Faye. Now, I could be mistaken, but that's what I feel they are. That's cool. So I go about what I don't I've doubt experienced. You. I don't doubt you and at I'm all. I'm not saying you do. No. But that's why I'm going, they do exist. <laughs> we have Fine. to believe in them. The, the, the thing with these stories that I, that I, again, they're coming from what are considered to be credible sources because, again, it's military. It's people that are in the military now. You could say, well, anybody can get into the military and whatever. But again, these people that are there that are trusted to, you know, have have guns and 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 guard bases and things like that. People that are put on outposts and they, people with pe real equipment, yeah, not pe <laughs> right. People <laughs> not with ghost hunting gadgets and things yeah. like that. People that are actually experiencing and seeing these things. And there's multiple people that are doing it. It's not just like one eyewitness account or anything like that. There's tons of these stories. And apparently a lot of stories that just get kind of brushed under the rug. But among military personnel, they all know of a lot of stories or have heard of a lot of stories, even if they haven't experienced them themselves. They've all heard of stories or know somebody that's had some kind of an experience. So, all right. Well, on that note, it's been it's been a long show. Thank you for staying with Thanks us. Thanks for hanging in there with us and on this you, one. Yeah, if you have any cool or interesting stories about Jen, let us know. Share it with us. Yeah, if you if you got any info you want to share yeah. or if you uh, yes, yeah, stories for sure. The stories are what I like to see. That's what that's the meat and potatoes. I like to get into those. I like to hear about the encounters. I like to try to pick them apart if I can. Uh, you know, because that that's that's the fun stuff to me is is the encounters. What are people seeing? What are what are people experiencing? What what is what the hell is going on? I just want to know. That's that's what I want to hear and talk about. But anyway. so if you know, share it with us. Yeah, share share with us again. You can find us on Twitter. We we shared all that information. Check out the show notes for all that stuff. And until next time, I am the Golden Greek Alex Arion. I've been joined, as always, by my wife, the beautiful. Gorgeous, amazing, lovely Monique. And you've been listening to the Homewrecker podcast. Mm -hmm.